is happening inside the show episode number 10 that's right we made it to the double digits of this podcast joe stevens here as always i'm joined by duran stapleton how we doing buddy pretty good nice to be it's pretty surprising we're into double digits on shows and yeah the episode uh, we 10. haven't been shut down yet so that's pretty good no nah, the uh, the airwaves are open we are coming to you on Monday, the 17th of June, and I would normally say from cold Victoria and winter, Duran, but the weather right now is really nice. It's actually pretty good. Um, I think for the last few weeks we've had uh, torrential rain. Um, yeah, like every day. So it's nice to not have to uh, walk through puddles. So this is, uh, as I said, episode number 10, and we are previewing the second half of the MX national season that's coming up starting this weekend at Gympie for round six. Lots to talk about. New track, new venue, a lot of things going on um, for the second half of the series. So we have got um, Todd Waters coming on the show. He's going to be with us in just a few minutes. Todd has just returned from his AMA Pro Motocross campaign over there in the States. And uh, we're going to chat to Todd about that and also his season so far and where he's at heading into the second half of the season. Have a chat about MX1 after that, Thorax MX1 Championship. Hayden Melros is finally on the show. I guess I can't forget about him anymore, Duran, if he's coming on. No, I think you've got to talk about him and uh, <laughs> and remember that his results and his, what, how many points out of the championship were, well, like six or... He's four points uh, out. Four points out of the championship. Yeah. So uh, pretty, I wouldn't say surprising, but come into the year, we w- there was a few question marks on how his speed would be and whether he'd be a guy that would be you know contending in the points, which he's shown it like every round. He's consistent. He's had a few... Like, you know, big crashes, but he's always been able to get up and, and get solid points in those motors as well. So. Honestly, his, I've got his results. We're going to go through them now. We'll go through them when we talk to him and go through MX1. But if it wasn't for the crash at Rawford and Wanthaggy, like, he really would have had a solid season so far. Well, he did lose some points and uh, leave them on the table there. But he also, for how bad that Wanthaggy crash was, he got straight back up and uh, still got, you know, relatively so- solid points mm. uh, when it did go bad. So... Those those points are going to matter when we get to you know. And his consistency cool. is definitely going to pay off like long term. So well, that's the thing. And the other person we've got on the show tonight is um, Todd. Yeah. Uh, with his DNF at Wanthaggy, if he didn't have that, uh, he would be leading the championship. Right he now. would be gone. I mean, he gave up what thirty five points. And just before the show, you were saying that um, he's won a moto nearly at every round. So he's won a moto at four out of five rounds. So he'd be the only guy to have done that so far. So. I, I pick him as my guy coming towards Coolum to be, you know, you, you, the guy in the league because he's also been overseas for these, what, four weeks? Yeah. And uh, he's just been improving. So it would be cool to see if he comes out swinging at uh, Gympie. The whole Husky squad's coming back from the state. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes with uh, Todd Waters coming back. What a lights we've got Todd on today as well, but I think he's probably on a plane sometime soon to come home. Is, uh, he, is, he, is he staying over there? He did have his <laughs> best results so far. He did. And he that got a top team 10. has got any riders. 
They've got McAdoo and uh, and Wilson and Derek well, Drake. I know what he would do if you were him. Yeah, he'd be staying. He'd That's be staying. what he'd be doing. I know. You got so I, dude. I haven't even caught. I caught the first like twenty minutes of the first two fifty moto for AMA. That that's it. That's all I've got to see so far. I haven't yeah got to watch anything really yet so far. But yeah, uh, you just come off the night shift. <laughs> oh right. Uh, yeah, I wish it was that night shift. Not that kind of night shift. No, so it's been fun working, but yeah, uh, Durant's here with a few hours sleep and uh, his eyes are hanging out of his head. Back again tonight. Making that money. Making that paper. Unfortunately for Duran, this is the first show. It was a good job I made it a day show. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been able to do the show, would you? No, I would have been uh, stuck, I don't know, pulling flour out of uh, out of whatever machines they're called at the bakery. So, <laughs> um, pretty fun having to work, but I guess this dirt bike stuff's expensive. You gotta do what you gotta do. If I start sounding like a stroke victim, it's just because <laughs> <laughs> I'm slurring my words because I'm a little bit tired, but don't worry, I'm all good. I got a cattle prod under the table, we'll keep you awake. Yeah, uh, okay, unfortunately, Darnell, our producer, he works a uh, day job and he wasn't able to make the show today, so sorry about that, Darnell. I'm doing my best. Now, with Darnell not being here, it means that when I phone the guests in a minute, I'm doing it and I'm running it through the system. So if it gets a little clunky for a second, guys, forgive us, but. Um, it's free entertainment, so don't be too hard on us because... What are you talking about? This is a glamorous setup. We're not at a fold-up table right now. We're we? not at a fold-up table. <laughs> no, my bike workshop is not directly behind us. Oh, I'll get the job done. It does. It's my moneymaker's right here. I've got my podcast. We've got the laptop offices and we've got the, the bikes behind us. It's everything I need. All right. So with that being said, Duran, let's get into it. We are going to give... Todd Waters a call and like I said guys um, we're running this system ourselves right now so let's um, let's hope this is not too clunky. So how long has Todd been back actually do you know? I guess we can ask him but he didn't race high point he only did the first three so what was that? It was Hangtown Parlor in Colorado so Yeah Hangtown Parlor Colorado I think he came back just after um, Colorado. Colorado so he's been back for consistent results from him as well which uh, maybe didn't quite have the standout motor that he was after, but pretty cool to see him, you know, log such consistent His results, results in the States were super consistent. I've got him in front of me here, but uh, let's – we should have him on the phone right now, so let's talk to the man himself. Uh, Todd Waters, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming on. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, sorry for a bit of road noise. I'm just driving back. Uh, being sent in the rooftop camper on our defender for this weekend. I'm going to go up and camp with the GPH guys, so – uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, nice. Okay, so um, how long have you been back, Todd? We was just wondering that. You, you left right off to Colorado to come home, right? Yeah, so pretty much it was a Wednesday after Colorado, so we had a, a around a 15-hour drive to get back to California. Um, give back the RV, so we had to clean all that out, uh, strip our bike back, and give that back to Husqvarna. Uh, also go and see all the guys we went and seen Troy and um, the guys from uh, from FMS and Oakley just for all their support just pretty much over there I was surprised at the support that we actually got it was insane everyone was really good and um, from that side of things it made the trip a lot easier yeah I mean that's something that I wanted to talk to you about I mean we're, we're kind of previewing the second half of the MX Nationals in this podcast but I really want to talk about this American campaign that you put together because you know everyone was kind of comparing your results and Ferris's results in the media over here especially and I think you guys couldn't have been on two opposite ends further of the spectrum as far as he was on that factory team 
with Yamaha and you you were with your dad and doing it full privateer spec with the with the RV and driving around the country. But um, it seemed like you had a lot of good people come together to make that happen for you. So, you know, who who were the main players there? How did you pull it off? Uh, I'd have to say the main players, obviously, were Hasbana. Um, I was lucky enough that in the past I rode Hasbana in Europe and I built a relationship with Robert Jonas, who's the head of Hasbana. Uh, so, you know, those guys were, they were amazing and giving me a bike, for starters, that's, that's the first thing you got to chop and tick off. So we got that ticked off. Hasbana gave us a bike. EPH are amazing with uh, giving me suspension and handlebars, that sort of stuff that, that make myself feel comfortable over there. Uh, pretty much had the same bike as I had in Australia. I just packed everything up and off we went. Dad and my cousin Jason was, he's a mechanic and he's working for Yuri Ponsky on Honda. Um, so he's running the Senra Honda team at the moment on board with Yuri. And Jason was amazing enough to come over and, uh, he was my mechanic over there. Nice. So that was a huge, huge help having Jason on board. He he also drove the RV a lot. Um, so we had a nice little team of people. My girlfriend, Jill, was she's behind all the organising. She planned the trip. She, she organised insurances. You know, you name it, anything that needed to be organised, flights, that kind of thing. So Jill was behind that. So... In saying it's a privateer sort of setup, it was a nice, close-knit little team of people that I had around myself that I was able to still continue doing my training, um, doing that sort of stuff. Obviously, um, there wasn't sort of a manager role. That's kind of what I took on. Um, so the time I spent when I wasn't training, I was organising, you know, uh, SMS bikes through Johnny and organising the bikes and parts and, you know, the service plastic, just all this sort of stuff to make it um, fun to be possible. Uh, so that that was, um, you know, I had to step up a little bit in that side of things because as a factory rider, you used to just look after yourself and doing, uh, you know, your diet and training and that kind of thing. So it uh, definitely opened my eyes a little bit to, um, how much the teams actually go through to, to go racing each weekend. So before heading over, I'm sure, you know, you're a little bit unsure of, um, a little bit unknown of how you were going to go, and I'm sure you had some goals. Was it every, everything you expected, and, and did you reach the goals that you had, you know, set sort of before you went went over, results-wise? Uh, yeah, look, it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to set goals because I haven't really raced there, and you know, I I wanted better results for myself and I believe I could have got better results, but my start were what sort of stopped that from happening. I didn't put myself in the right position to achieve what I wanted. Um, that was so definitely something um, that we talked about in one of the previous podcasts, uh, Todd, where we were discussing the America results for you guys is even Dean, as well as yourself, you know, watching the, the, the broadcast from America, we didn't see you guys in the opening laps. And honestly, we barely sort of saw you on TV just because of the early track position. So what, what was the go yeah, there with the, right. with the starts? Was it the, did you have bad gate picks because of qualifying or was it just, you know, maybe the bikes went up to 
um, you know, engine wise to, to spec with some of those factory bikes you were racing or what would you attribute that to? Sorry, we were cutting down a little bit there. Um, so yeah. I, I gathered, so pretty much my starts, I struggled quite a bit. And when I did get a good start, I'd be around 10th. Um, I think Hill took me out in one of them. Uh, first lap, I was around 10th. Uh, in the mud, second moto, I come around in about 11th. Uh, and I passed Steely and, and then went over the handlebars while trying to pass him. <laughs> nice. So there was a couple of times that I got reasonable start, better than what I was getting, um, but then I found myself on the ground. I was picking it up uh, within like around 20th to 25th. So uh, I just, I put my head down, charged forward, and, and I, I feel like my riding was, was good. Like, you know, I'm not comparing myself against the front guys. Like, the top, the guys around the podium position, they're on the gas, you know. But for sure, from fifth to tenth place, um, I feel that we could have fit in there, and but I needed to start there. I needed to have that opportunity and and start there. But overall, it was building Colorado was difficult um, with the high high elevation. Um, it was difficult for us to breathe. Felt like you had your hand over your mouth, um, and as well as the bike was very underpowered. I had to do first year start on a 450 that's running around 60 horsepower. Um, you know, so that that was a struggle for me, and that's the advantage on being on the factory team is those guys can um, prepare the motors and engines for different tracks and terrains like that. Yeah, I guess she wouldn't have had that luxury of being able to plug a different ECU into the bike and uh, figure out some mapping for Colorado. You would have had to just run what you've got, really, hey? Yeah, that's right. Like, we just rode a production bike, um, you know, with, you know, a vortex and pipe with some bolts on stuff. So, for me, you know, more compression, a high comp piston, like, there's a lot of stuff that we could have done to get a lot more power out of the bike in Colorado. But, hey, we're in between rounds. There's... You know, we had to drive 15 hours to the race. There just wasn't time. And um, I didn't say that. The riding was better. I, I think Carla at Fox Raceway, I was 10 seconds off the lead in qualifying, and I qualified 13. Um, and then when we went to the, at Colorado, Thunder Valley, um, I think I was around 11th, and I was the same second as Cooper Webb, uh, and I was five seconds off the leaders. So... The riding was getting better. I was working it out a bit more because um, the tracks are different. They're, they're quite a bit different, um, even though they're still dirt. But just little things like coming down the hills, all the bumps feel like mattresses. They're really soft and wanting to suck the bike in. Uh, so, yeah, there's little bits and pieces like that where I believe we'll see Dean Ferris He'll start getting better results as the championship goes on. He'll start working it out, feeling better on the bike. Um, and that's just how it goes. You know, we only did three rounds and um, we started to get more comfortable through those. And I feel, yeah, a 16-round championship for sure, uh, you'd start getting some good results. So you've been around for doing this racing thing for a while and you've raced all around the world. But this is the first time you got to, you know, tick that list of, of racing the American series. Uh, how does it compare to the GPs? Is it is it comparable or what did you actually prefer more? Um, 
I had an absolute ball race in the American Championship, just the way that it's done. Um, it's very cruisy, laid back. Uh, you know, there's, believe it or not, there's not a lot of pressure. I wasn't on a team, but everything, it's not as big as the World Championship. World Championship is the infrastructure is huge. Like, there's even just pressure when you go to the start line. You know, you're, you're, the way they line you up, you're in like, a dummy grid that's all sign written and you know there's people coming around doing interviews and when you go past the pit lane it's a two-story bloody complex that each pit box has got computer screens and tv screens in there the back times and you know world championship is big it's it's like the formula one of our sport um whereas i found the, the ama was it was a lot more low-key uh you know, you go to the start line, um, you just, you're waiting there. The pit lane's on the quick shades. Um, you know, the riders, you kind of, I have to think to myself, I'm lined up next to Ken Oxen and those guys, and it, it feels a lot more familiar for myself, um, which took the pressure off a bit, and I really enjoyed it in that, that respect, the way that they wanted to have a press day on the Friday, so you get to ride the track, um, and... I don't know. It just felt it just felt really fun and low key. Um, everyone was sort of there having a good time, and I enjoyed that side of it. Um, I think it would surprise a lot of a lot of Aussies. Like I think Aussies see Supercross in America, and they they assume that maybe the Pro Motocross series over there is is similar. But I think you know now you've travelled the states yourself and done that series. Like a lot of the the tracks they're in, like I guess you'd call it. You did the West Coast rounds, but especially when they go back east, like it's middle, yep. it's middle America. It's that sort of traditional old school um, side of the country and the fans. Like it, it's not like the glitz and glamour of Hollywood. Like it's kind of, I'd say it's maybe not that different to Australia in a lot of ways with the parts of the country that you go to to race the the pro motocross over there. Um, I don't know, maybe that's yeah. just what I'm thinking out loud. Why it, it would be a bit more familiar to you? Like it's definitely not. Uh, it's not like Supercross is what I'm getting at. Like, it's a different way of life when you go to that part of the country to do the, the motocross series. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, Supercross is a different kettle of fish. But in saying that, Supercross is, you know, they have the semi-trailers and stuff. But for a team, it doesn't make sense having corporate and all that kind of stuff because you're in a stadium. So, you know, they have their trucks that go to the races. Uh, and you've got the big Honda semi, you've got big Yamaha semis and they're all lined up like much like in Australia uh, when you go to World Championship Honda takes up a whole row so Factory HRC who I rode for last year they have three semi-trailers lined up in a row for there's two riders uh, three riders on the team you know so the infrastructure is mind-blowing like and with that comes it gets handed down through to the rider that you know being a part of it as, um, you know, the promoters are doing big things where they take the riders into the towns and they're doing a lot of promotional stuff. Um, there's a lot of signings and a lot of things going on um, in the World Championship, in the, like, in the motocross, because that's all they do Yeah, um, is motocross. Whereas in America, I believe Supercross, they put a lot more um, effort into the Supercross in the way, you know, there's a lot more eyes on them. Um, you know, they have, they do their signings and there's a lot more hype and everything around Supercross. Um, 
opposed to because, like you said, you go to a motocross event in America and it can be in the middle of nowhere, so it can be difficult like that. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's still big in America. It's still they do an amazing job. It's it's massive, but um, just from a comparing it to World Championship um, as a rider, um, there's a lot more going on, like in a big way in um, in a World Championship. So, so, so I believe that would be the feeling of Supercross. So hopefully this mid-season adventure hasn't cost you too much, but would you do it again? Do you think it's been you know uh, beneficial enough for your Aussie series coming into the last half for you to you know look to next year and, and maybe do this sort of first three rounds again in America? Yeah, look, the thing that like the thing that I enjoyed about it is so we're halfway in our championship. We've all been racing hard and and doing our thing, and then there's quite a big break. Um, I feel like I've just gone to Hawaii for a holiday for like four weeks. Like I feel fresh and, you know, um, excited. Like I was over there racing and when we finished Colorado, I was really living in the moment. Um, you know, we're in the camper and I was, there were no other thoughts but what was happening for that next day kind of thing. Uh, but then as soon as Colorado finished, I was like, you know, I'm so excited to get back to Australia and finish our championship. Like, I feel, I feel more motivated and, I don't know, I just feel really happy at the moment. Um, I'm loving on my bike. I love being a part of DPH. Um, you know, everything's just working for me at the moment and I'm happy. So the things that I've seen out of America was, it kind of kept me fresh and excited about racing. Um, I got to race some of the baddest ass dudes in the world and it also... I think it's cool because there was only three of us over there, or four, including Wilson. Um, so it gave the Aussies some Australians to follow and and a lot of Australians reached out to myself and I bet the others as well and we're excited that we we're racing. So Yeah, it was, was it was really cool good to... to uh, it's a good time to be an Australian as far as being a motocross fan because of all you guys over there and... I kind of, we talked about this in a show recently, Todd, I think this is going to become a little bit more of a, a staple now for the, you know, the MX Nationals series has kind of adjusted its calendar a little earlier in this in the year now because Supercross is becoming more of a thing again in Australia and we're seeing yep. Supercross is starting earlier this year. So this gap in the series, the break is going to fall in line with um, the AMA series, I think, for a few years to come now. And um, yep. I, th- I think you guys are going to start a trend, honestly, that we're going to see a lot of privateers and those guys going over there and, and giving it a crack. Yeah, I, I think it's a great opportunity to, you know, be over here and be doing well because our level's high in Australia. Um, you know, you can do quite well uh, around the world, which is, you know, hats off to this motorcycle in Australia and everyone involved. Like, it's, um, we've seen Hunter Lawrence. He just won his first race over there. and uh, You know, so... There's guys kind of around the world. Mitch Evans is doing, you know, he's kicking butt and um, Dean's riding well. And so it's um, it's cool. And I think it's opening up people's eyes that, hey, geez, like, hey, Todd just went over there. He did it himself and just raced three races. Like, you know, Wilson Todd did that. Um, 
And if you potentially get a good result, there's a ride for you. So Yeah, for um, sure. And I, I think what you just said, I want to touch on a little bit more as far as um, I don't think a lot of Australian riders or, or fans really understand the level of riders in our domestic series. Like I'm from the UK originally. I've seen the British championships. I've seen the European championships and, and um, you know, I think people confuse a domestic series with AMA or with MXGP. Like it's two different things. And, like you said, the, the level of riding over here for the MX Nationals as far as the, the level that, like, the top five or top ten in each uh, class are in, like, it's com- you know yeah. it's not going to put you on the podium in MXGP or AMA, but it's definitely, we're at, I'd say the series is definitely at the pointy end of being one of the strongest domestic series in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's, it's great. Like, I think back to when I was uh, 16, you know, 16, I jumped on the factory KDM and I won my first pro race, you know, and I didn't even, I didn't even know how to get overseas. I didn't, no one was really doing like Chad Reed went left and I didn't know any of these guys. So you just sort of trying to win championships and trying to, I don't know, hopefully someone sees you. Um, but now I think, you know, hopefully the younger guys can see that, you know, step up on the 450 and you start making some passes on myself, that's when, when you're 19, you need to be like, hey, man, I'm 18 or 19. I just passed Todd at the sunny state. I need to go race in our break the first three rounds in MX2 or something. Or Like, it's very achievable now to be able to do stuff like that. Uh, whereas back, I felt when I was racing, no one, I'd never seen anyone do it. And I almost thought it was impossible. Like, I just, I don't know. It was kind of not even on the radar. Yeah, I, I mean, all it takes is all it takes is you guys to, to show the way once you know, like one time. And like I said, I think this will become a trend. Um, hopefully, you know, it would be yeah. be good for the industry over here and and to see the Aussie guys for the the fans, you know, battling over there. Um, so I've got a couple of quick questions for you, Todd, before we uh, before we let you go, because like you said, you're traveling traveling around already. Um, so you went 12th overall at Hangtown, 13th at Parlour, and 14th at Colorado. So pretty solid results. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you'd have wanted a top 10 in there, like you said, but um, what would you say was your best round as far as results and what you enjoyed the most? Uh, so, you know, the results aside, uh, the first round was a bit, you know, I didn't know how it all run and like the track I felt, I was like, geez, I was really surprised at how soft the downhills were. Um, so I, I just was sort of out of my comfort zone there. Uh, and even though, hey, I'm an older rider, but when even when you're lined up next to Kenny and these guys, you're still, for the first time, you're like, get a bit kind of flustered, like a bit nervous because you haven't raced these dudes before. Um, so then at Parlour, I felt much better. We spent a week there uh, and I just felt comfortable. Uh, the first race, like I said, I got a, a, not a bad start, and then Hill took me out. So I come from close to 30th to, uh, I think it was 14th or 13th. Uh, then the next race, I come through, and same thing, I was around 18th or something. I come through, uh, we passed Baggett, I caught up to Barsha. Um, so I felt, I felt like that riding was, was really good, and I was disappointed. I was really annoyed at the end of the race that I was like, man, I didn't give myself that opportunity. I feel that that could have been, you know, my riding was good enough for a good result, but it's not where I want to be. And then Colorado, I actually felt like I rode better again. Uh, but same thing, first moto, I uh, was behind Healy and then I found myself on the ground. 
um, try and tuck up the inside of him. And then Moto, so I come from way back. Moto 2, um, yeah, we caught up to Sealy for, for 14th. So, you know, results, hey, I'm not happy with those. You never would be. But um, the riding, I actually, I come away from there going, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I feel like I'm progressing with my riding. Come back to Australia here. Uh, my whole plan was to try and add some intensity and I feel like we're starting to get that happening. So that's my main focus for the last half of the championship is to just try and focus on my intensity. My fitness is fine. I've, I've proved that over in the States. I've never faded. As, um, I'd be catching dudes. So my fitness is great. I just need more speed. And so that's sort of my target for this last bit is um, try and up that intensity and and uh, go for some good racing. Yeah, and I mean, that was something um, I was going to follow on with. Obviously, you're coming back now from uh, from the States, and, you know, looking at your results so far, I mean, you've gone, you know, first overall at Appen, um, second overall at Broadford, and first overall at Murray Bridge. Like, those are your standout rounds. Um, you take that DNF away at one thaggy with the moto win in the second moto. I mean, if, um, you know, you're 10 points out of the championship lead, uh, four points or six points, sorry, back off of Hayden Melros in second. So, you know, had it not been for that DNF at Wontaggy, I think you'd be really in the driver's seat of this championship right now. So I guess combine that with the fact that you're coming back from the States with all that added confidence and being refreshed, like, you know, like you said, it's it's going to be a good second half of the season, I feel, for you. Um, have you been to, I know it's a new track at, at Gympie at the MX Farm there. Have you checked it out yet? Do you know much about it? No, funny enough, I live, maybe two or three hours away from, from Gympie and I've never been there. Uh, I've actually, I've uh, rode at the guy's house before, like at their other property. Um, but yeah, I've never been to this place. I think it's new on the map. Uh, so they're, they're kind of, the bishops, they, I believe, they've kind of got another block and they're starting maybe a ride park or something. I don't know the full story, but... Yeah, I think it's, it, it's uh, going to be open to the public after this event. I think it's going to become a ride park up there, so... Yeah, so that's exciting. And so the new track, I'm I'm really excited for that, to have a new track on MX Nationals. Um, it sounds... Uh, I've spoke to some people who have rode it and they said that, you know, it's, it's half of it's loamy, half of it's hard pack, so it's going to be exciting. It's a new track. Um, hopefully... It's prepped well, and um, and we can go and do some good racing. I, I hear that it's got a super long start straight, so that's going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's always nice going to a new venue and uh, getting to check it out. But um, all right, so well, thank you for coming on, mate. I appreciate you taking the time out. Sounds like you uh, you got a lot going on this week, and you said you're going to do some testing with the team right before Gimpy. Is that what you said when we started the conversation? Yeah. Oh no, I'm. Uh, I've actually got my four drive, and we just put a rooftop camper on it. Oh. Uh, I've got a day off today, so I'm uh, I'm actually coming up to Gympie, and I'm going to camp there. So. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I, I thought you said something about the team and Gympie. I couldn't quite hear it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna test uh, camp with the team, and uh, and then they're going to come back and stay with us for a couple of days and come riding with me after the event. So, so you just... that's what I'm enjoying about DPH is you know we're kind of like a nice close knit family and. Uh, adds a bit of atmosphere to the race. I'm, I'm enjoying that side of it. So I'm yeah. looking forward to this weekend. And sure. I, I hate to bring this up about DPH, but obviously you were pretty far removed from it in the States, I'm sure, over the last month or so. But there's been a few rumors flying around the 
the the media and whatnot that the team was um you know at one point it was it was the team was folding and obviously it isn't but um yeah did you hear much about that yeah oh you know when something's going on I'm always the first person people phone for stuff like that for some reason like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I was I was like well you know Dale hasn't phoned me um and I'm sure they've just got race bikes everything's fine. Um, you know, that's what I like about Dale is he's a straight shooter. So, you know, I don't believe that I'd be left in the dark like that. And I can't see, you know, the team's been running really well. Like, like you said, you know, if we didn't have that unfortunate DNF, um, in the first round, we'd be leading the championship and, and Wilson Todd's leading the championship. So have both riders winning races and, uh, with, um, the chance of winning championships, you know, they're doing something right. Uh, I mean, it was a lot of um, a lot of rumors, and you know, a lot of rumors, and unfortunately, that that does happen and get out there. I'm not going to say anything on the air that I've heard because I don't know what's true and what isn't true. But um, yeah, um, unfortunately, with motocross, sometimes as much as you've got a team with a, a leading the MX2 championship and you're right up there in MX1, like unfortunately, sometimes teams fold, and it wouldn't be completely out of the question that. Um, you know, I'm not saying it is, but you, you'd have to at least give it a little bit of attention when you hear that stuff because it does happen in the sport from time to time. Yeah, oh, I believe that stuff happens, but I don't think it's ever really happened like halfway through a championship. Um, like normally at the end of the year, they'll be like, okay, we're done, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. We're not going racing next year. So. I'd hope so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, That's, uh, if, if you're meeting I'm the guys up there, the I think you're all good. Um, but wait, yeah. you really yeah. caught that camping and traveling bug in the States if you're uh, going to camp out with the team there this weekend as well. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a bit older and I'm just, I just want to enjoy things. That's, that's my main focus and it brings results for me. So, you know, we're, we're having some fun. I want to take the guys to the beach when we come back and uh, they can come out riding my tracks. And, you know, there's a there's a hard way of doing things and an easy way, and um, I'm going to try to find that easy way. So trying to balance and balancing up uh, play and uh, work. So it's, it's definitely working for me at the moment. We're, we've got uh, good plans happening, and we're going to go do some fun enduro stuff as well um, with the Trans Motor event next weekend um, after Gympie. So just, yeah working with all the partners, Hustlerano being amazing here in Australia also, and, and everyone supporting me. So I just want to try and have fun and give them as much value as I can. Sounds good, mate. Well, um, hey, we've been on the on the line here for 30 minutes, so we better get off and keep this show moving. But um, I appreciate you for coming on, Todd. It's uh, always a great interview with you. You really, um, you know, I think a lot of the younger riders can learn a lot about you with how you brand yourself and how you speak publicly. And uh, it really is an easy interview, mate. So I appreciate that. And, um, I will catch up with you this weekend at Gympie. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, Joe, for your time, and uh, I'll see you guys this weekend. No worries. Thanks, man. Wicked. See you guys. Bye. All right. Todd Waters, Duran, keeping it fun. Always a you know well-spoken, good interview, and uh, it sounds like he had a really good time it did, over huh? in the States, and, and I think it's really going to help him for this last half of the championship. I know his main competition is Hayden, and cloudy and and they're really solid and going to be tough you know competitors for him but for him to go over and keep building and keep you know 
it can't have hurt his speed. Having to ride with people no. that are a lot quicker than you uh, has to have helped him in some way. And, you know, for him to come back, he's what had like a week and a half probably back here. Uh, he's probably, you know, comfortable again. And, and he's I reckon he's going to come out swinging and probably win this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, the track at Gympie is going to be an even playing field. And I think him riding a bunch of new tracks in the States and having to get used to them in those quick qualifying sessions they have. It's a one-day format, same as what we do here. That's going to help him too because no one else has ridden this track. So you have to think his adaptability to a new track right now is going to be pretty high. And I think uh, with how you know, low budget his American Adventure was, he pretty much said he was riding the same bike uh, yeah, that. there as here. So I, I think it's not like he's going to be, you know, super uncomfortable coming back and, and hopping back on the DPH bike. So Kind of surprised me, like you said, he took suspension over and I thought he would have ran a, an American setup or had... Well, I think you've seen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Wilson Todd brought his suspension over from over here and he had different stickers on that those forks so i would imagine that he'd got over there and he'd done what everyone else has ever, like, always done yeah. and his suspension was too soft that's what i was going to say you go over there with your own setup from here it doesn't work but todd is always todd waters uh, is always you know a little bit funky with his setup uh, he I does we have talking a about pretty it unique style Murray bridge it was yeah. was saying it was you know really soft in the rear when uh, i was actually talking to hoags who got the chance to ride that bike. Yeah, he tested that bike yeah, recently. And he yeah, he said it wasn't soft. It was actually super hard, but the balance for Todd, the way he likes it, was quite odd. So Todd's a big guy, though. He'd be pushing. He'd have to be ninety plus kilos, I'd say. And he, you know, has that really unique riding style, straight upper body, sort of knees slide a little bit further forward. So mm. he's kind of, you know, a little bit out of the norm with the way he uh, his style is, and he makes it work. He's He's very fast. Yep. yep. So I think, my opinion, I don't know about yours, but do you think he is the favourite coming in for this championship in this last half? We don't know Ferris. Gibbs is, you know, somewhat out of it. And he's got two younger blokes, uh, Clout and Maros, as his main competitors. I'm going to stop, mate. This is the thing. I keep making these, like, really broad statements where I'm just like... Well, it's amazing you can even freaking remember <laughs> Maros. You keep <laughs> skipping over I'm him. I'm saying every... Second in the championship. Every round, I'm like, no, nah, it's coming down to Clout and Waters. And, um, you know, do I think Todd Waters is the favourite? Yeah, I do. Um you know, like you said, experience. He's the senior statesman in the class. He's not that far out of the points, and he's had a DNF. But at this point, like, I'm gonna put a question back on you. Like, Luke Clout is building a lot of momentum. He's on CDR. Like, his confidence is through the roof right now. Do you? I don't know, man. I wouldn't. I think Todd Ward is gonna do it, but it wouldn't surprise me if Luke Clout. And no offense to Melros, I don't think he's gonna win it this year. He's gonna be on the podium in the championship. That's interesting because everyone that I've spoken to. And asked, they're like, yep, I reckon Maros is going to get it done. So once again, you're just fucking <laughs> up, shitting on... <laughs> shitting on Maros. No, so, I'm not. I mean, I'm just saying, you look at Maros's results, right? Like, second overall Appin, second overall Wani, fourth overall Broadfoot. Would have probably had the overall win if he didn't go down mm. in that last moto. Third overall Murray Bridge, third overall Murray Bridge. But he hasn't won a moto. He hasn't won an overall. I mean, technically, he would have won Appen if it wasn't for the penalty. I want to talk to him about that because there's a couple of rounds he kind of threw away between the penalty and the He's crash. He's going to be probably a little bit salty over that because you'd think, oh, one round one, I'll just come out and like round two or whatever, and he hasn't been able to do that. Mm. So that bonus check hasn't come yet for first, yeah, and it's got to be probably not sitting very well with him. But back to Clout. So he's race manager. Oh, you're, you're the guy bringing it back this week now? Like, I'm normally i got to bring you back? Well, got, Clout's <laughs> leading the championship. You can't discredit the fact that 
for the first time in his career in the 450 class, he's got the red plate, yep. which is super impressive. He's had that coming and into the mid-season break. Remember with that what momentum. he did for Murray Bridge. Like, he killed it there. Yeah, so I thought his results at Manjimup would have been a little better. Uh, and you think he was playing it safe, maybe? Uh, probably not. Like, you want to win whatever event you, you, get, you get thrown into. But uh, he did do some local racing, and I think he... Uh, killed it up doing that in New South Wales. Yeah, did King of MX and stuff, right? So I think he won that, didn't he? I believe so. Don't so, quote me on that, though. Um, you'd, I, you'd have to think he would have won it. Like, So as much as it's not racing in America with crazy fast guys and, and building that way, it's not like he's, uh, you know, one to relax and, and, you know, take some time off. He's still been building himself. Oh, yeah, he'd be grinding this whole time. And um, I know you probably hate it, but I think he might have took maybe a week off or... Something no. after the, you know, the. Did the he? Third. I'm just. Well, he was pretty banged up after Murray Bridge. He got run over in that first turn crash. Remember? He did. Do you remember the rear guard? Just yeah, he had the Mike Metzger helmet going on with the no peak and. Surprise, surprise! No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but well, they have those new helmets now. They have their peaks aren't falling off, so they're still magnets though. But I think they're going to be sticking on better this time, aren't they? Like double magnets. Surely, over the last two years, they've realised that. You know, finishing races, we were cannonballs, not the best. <laughs> Bowling balls. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if Clout does win this championship this year. So let's take a look at the points real quick while we're talking about it. Um, so Clout's 275, Melrose 271, Waters 265. So he's 10 points out of the championship lead. So the crazy thing is... You know who's in fourth as well? This is really crazy who's in fourth. Like if we haven't heard of him... He's not going to do any good. Is Justin yeah. Rodbell. I feel like we're 10 shows in, we can freaking delete that drop. I don't think the KSF guys are going to let us delete that. As much as they were uh, online, they weren't that uh, happy about it. They were pretty cool in person. Oh, uh, it I, was all good fun. To, but th- that is surprising. So coming into the year, if I had asked you uh, who would be fourth and fifth in the championship, I would guarantee that you wouldn't say two Suzuki riders. That's, That's for sure, Rod yeah. Rod Bell and Rikers. And so, Rikers. Um, before we touch on Rikers, Rod Bell, that's been, you know, uh, an experiment that's been pretty impressive so far. I know he's uh, a little bit uh, inconsistent, you could say, with his results, but he's sitting fourth in the championship. And I know I mean, he's inconsistent is- to a point, uh, but he's top 10 every moto by pretty much, you know, he's around that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth spot, you know. And the starts is what is helping. Yeah, he puts and himself in good positions. You were saying before the year that uh, Andy Dinical was telling you about his starts, and, mm. and that's really been true. He's always putting himself in good positions. Uh, and he's only 18, so if he can have a, you know, strong second half of this championship, he could really, you know, uh, establish himself as as a ride over here and maybe get an, a ride next year because it was just an experiment and it has worked out really well. Whether or not he wants to stay over here, he's only 18 and, uh, you know, it's a, it is a big ask to be in another country by yourself. But doesn't seem like the kind of kid that it would bother though. He's pretty chill and I think he enjoys the travel and, and doing something different. That was going to be a question. I was going to say, do you think he does get signed next year? Do you think a team would would foot foot that, you know, contract for it's him. It's so tough because we don't have many rides going around and I think maybe only a team like KSF would do it, not bang on bagging on KSF. Yeah. But they aren't one of those top uh, level teams. Um, they're looking for a point of difference in the pits. You if know? he sticks around and does supercross and and gets good results in that, because we don't know how uh, good of a supercross rider he is, 
uh, if he's good, he could actually be signed to you know one of those teams and and have a salary. I know he's is he got a salary now? Or? I don't don't think so. Don't quote me on that. I think his deal was everything paid for, but no sign on. But I might be wrong. Yeah, we might be completely off. Might be that, out to lunch, but I mean, no offense to KSF guys, but I don't think they're going to be pulling enough funding to to pay him. You know, I thought that was a part of the. When the rides you get paid, but though. that was the vague part for me. It was a hundred k worth one hundred k. The hundred k gets burned up quick when you race yeah. nationals. I've owned a race team, believe me, it don't go very far. So, uh, fifth place, Rikers, super he, impressive. He's only what he's three points behind Rod Bell, so he'd actually be in fourth in the championship if he hadn't had that uh, penalty yep. at Wontaggy, which was a little bit of a bummer because that was quite a good race for him. I mean, you look at Rod Bell and Ryker, because they're 65, 68 points out of the... So like, they're not the, in the No, nah, the know, top contention. three is gone. Like. The, the, with Gibbs, you know, uh, not being in that top three now uh, with that shoulder injury, uh, Murray Bridge that top three has separated themselves and that it really is on another level. But yeah. it's still pretty cool that we've got, you know, that just below that, we've got Rod Bell, uh, Rikers and, and riders like that. So I mean, you got Caro in sixth. He's he's not coming back. So Caro's sort of done pretty crazy to think he missed round one and still six in the championship on a full yeah, privateer. Right? This year's been crazy, man. It really has. Now well, you- the results seem to be... All over the place. We've got Bopping, who's in eleventh, and he and came he, in at round three or two. No, yeah, one two. Tagging, yeah, so one. Yeah, he he. Um, that's another interesting one, and and it seems like it's a little bit all over the place. We had Dobson on the show uh, not too long ago, and you know we we're praising him for being fifth in the championship, full privateer, and then he kind of shit the bed at uh, Murray Bridge and, yeah, and it, had such a bad week, it was and he just dropped really, all the way back down to tenth. Yeah, and that's disappointing for him because he really tenth place does not justify how well he's been riding this year. Now we got to look at seventh and eighth in the championship, Duran. Like you just said, I'm gonna put it back on you. Like if if you just said who's gonna be seven and eight in the championship at the mid season break, you would not have said factory Hondas, Brett Metcalf, and CDI Yamaha's Kirk Gibbs. So I was talking to Yuriv, uh, the team Honda boss, and you got your phone number now. He answers your phone. Yeah, no, nah, Yuriv's all good. He's all good. Uh, um, so. <laughs> He was saying, I asked him about uh, Medi's finger that he had the, he fractured, he had what a surgery on and got it pinned and all that uh, during that yeah, first during, half of the year. Yeah. It wasn't ideal by any means. Apparently that wasn't as smooth sailing as they had hoped, but he is back on the bike now. Yeah, I saw on Instagram he raced the SA State Championships this weekend. Oh, it, Keith, he? yeah, he raced there and I guess he's been riding a little bit. Um, but in saying that, it's not like he's had this whole mid-season break of training and everything I like think that. he's just got back yeah, on the bike. so how freaking dis- uh, disappointing has that got to be for um, <laughs> I was going to say for Yurif, because he's had a few surgeries recently. I, I was going to ask you, was that stress-related with Metcalf being injured, or was no, that just his body? <laughs> his back's cactus. He's um, had two injuries. But he, yeah, it's been a rough go of it for Honda this year, and and it, I don't know if it's going to get any better. What's your opinion on, on Medi? Because if he hasn't had... A full five weeks of riding, it, dude. He hasn't ridden all year because he broke his back in January. I think it was. And it sucks because if you ask, like, were to ask me before the season, if out of all the riders we have in Australia, and I know we've got sort of like the younger blokes of Maros and and Clout, and then we've got our established guys like Waters and all, and we've got such a high level. But to me, and I know he hasn't shown it in the last few years since he has come back to Australia. I put Metcalf above him. He's podium supercrosses. He's won outdoor he's won overalls. AMA, he's, he's raced MXGP. He's like quietly one of our 
best riders we've had in the last decade or, or two he decades with one, Chad and Burner he, and all that. He's in that category. He is. He's one of the greatest exports we've ever had to go to the world stage. And it's just disappointing that, like, when he went up to Canada, he got it done and he was a champion. And he just seems like he hasn't been able to do that. And I don't think it's from, uh, like, he's found a good home now with Honda. Uh, and... He the first couple of years he came back he had that you know SD three and it was a little that bit wishy washy yeah, yeah it went to yeah. crap but he's found a home now and it just seems like the last few years mechanicals last year yeah uh, it seems like they've worked out those kinks this year and it just doesn't seem to be I don't know what the fuck Honda has to do in Australia to get it's kind of isn't that the same with Honda the world over though like just trying to de- it's get like them they dump money into everything and it just it just like, never works the last out time was. Well, was Carmichael the last time Honda won a championship in America? He was the last 450 class title was Carmichael uh, in motocross. Kenny, 04. 04. He went to Suzuki in 05. Kenny was meant to bring him everything and then pretty much had two career-ending injuries in a row. If you take away Geyser, like Geyser got that championship in 17 in MXGP, was it? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah 17. And it looks like he's going to get it again this year now. Oh, I hope he doesn't. I want Corolla to get the 10th. Yeah, but Corolla got injured this round. Did he? Yeah. Says, uh, I haven't been and, and let's – maybe we should just intersect this whole MX1 chat real quick for international news. Oh, like, get yeah, some – I guess. Get a break. But Hurling's broke his freaking oh, yeah. ankle and on the site lap and won the first moto in the Latvian GP. You know, that's one of those things like um, – uh, like when Pastrana or that would crash and break a bone and then mm. they quickly get up to turn back around to do the jump so they can do it before the pain starts setting in. Imagine how pissed off Hurlings would have been oh. on the sideline. He would have just got through that first moto just going, for fuck's sake. I'm Imagine how pissed off KDM are paying him a squillion dollars a year and he's constantly injured. I think that's what you get with him. I don't know if they would have a clause in there in his contract because... It seems like he, they, he wins a championship. If he doesn't get hurt, he wins. Yeah. It's guaranteed. He's kind of like a James Stewart kind of. The fact that he has, what, is it over 80 GP wins or something? Mm. Um, and he's still and so he's young. got like, so little titles for that. It's just crazy. Like, he's almost got Everts level uh, overalls. But and no championships. no championships. Like, that's got to suck. Imagine how many championship bonuses he's left on the table. It's probably a few know. mil. Yeah, but judging by his Lambo pics on Instagram, I don't think he's struggling. Why does he have to do that? He's making himself look like a douchebag. Yeah, but that's just, I think he's that kind of... I liked it how Caroli uh, like, was like, I see your Lambo, I raise you a, a sponsored Lambo. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but anyway. I was waiting, I've got, I was giving like 20 seconds and waiting for the Caroli misses talk to come back up. Really? She's yeah. a bit lowy, isn't she? Did, did I say she, she was a, with one or the other? Right? Oh, you said she was hot. I was just waiting for the Mrs. Comment. We haven't had a Mrs. Comment in the whole show yet. It's not been on my mind. I've been too tired to even worry about home. But no, I won't bring it up. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, <laughs> so no swiping right now. You are on your phone. I deleted it. I don't even have that shit. Really? Yeah, I've been freaking focused, man. I bought a bike. Yeah, you've been riding again. Oh, not yet. I've, I've got to... Got to get some time where I'm not working so I can go and true, go true. and ride it. But um, yeah, she'll be back into it, you know, pretty soon. My shoulders, I can lift them above my head now. So that's good. Keep it that months. way. Yep. I know a good. Uh, I know a good gym trainer. If you need help, you never hit me up though. I've got. I've had the same trainer since 2009. I know. So it's been going well. Yeah, it hurts, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So 
Is this MHGP? I, I don't know where Evans got. Um, did you did you see the results? I didn't see where Evans got at Latvia. Um, I know, obviously, in the States, it was a big one. Hunter Lawrence got his first moto win at um, High Point. Wait, wait, go back to GPs. Yeah. Um, Jed, like, I know he, what went 10-13 for whatever overall. It's not going well. And no. I just hope he can get it together because, to me, if he, on that bike and his skill, and I know he's been hurt a lot in the last year or so, but he is a, uh, like a, a podium guy. So hopefully he can get it together. And uh, The only thing he's got, like Mitch, they've got that age thing on their side where they do have a little bit more time before the 23-year-old rule. The thing, though, with Jed is, and uh, I don't know what Mitch's plans are, but Jed really needs to establish himself as a podium guy in week in, week out because uh, once you turn 23, you obviously get kicked out of that class, which is ridiculous. Um, and it is, but it's how they do it. And if you don't sign and so he for a needs big to, team, yeah, he yeah. needs a four fifty ride. So it's and his only real other options what come back to Australia. Like he's not going to go to America uh, and race Supercross. And he's too long in his career now to do Supercross. Yeah, so it kind of hopefully he can. And you know, it's just one of those things he needs momentum without getting hurt because those injuries slowly you know build up. And because he's had a brutal like that injury last year where he broke both his legs. Which sucks because it wasn't his fault. No, like, but unfortunately, that's the tale of a lot of riders, and hopefully, Jack can turn it around. But like I said, I, I didn't see where Mitch got. Um, but then you, you jump over to AMA, like Lawrence gets his first win, Wilson Todd gets his first top 10 um, overall at high point, like some pretty big stuff going on. Just rips up that plane ticket home and, and goes and races WW <laughs> Ranch this weekend. You reckon? You, you reckon? I reckon, uh, uh, Dale or Boyd Hawking would be flying over to make sure he gets on the plane on the way back, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, that, that would be some sort of breach contract deal. But, but like, like I said... Red Bull KDM, you can't say you no, can't. mate. You can't. <laughs> but like I said to Todd Waters, like you hate to talk about the team rumours, but man, anything... Man, sometimes anything goes in this sport. Contracts don't mean a lot. Yeah, I guess guess that's true. But I, I hate to say it. It's not like I'm talking down the industry, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. I think... Um, no matter what, uh, whatever's happened or, or did or didn't happen with DPH, uh, they're you know such a nice, solid family sort of orientated uh, group, and and they would help the get the riders to the races, and and they pretty much have to. They've got, you know, they're really going to be leaving two championships on the table if you ask me. If they don't show up, so I'm I'm sure Dale, as much as he loves helping all all the riders, he'll be at the races, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. No, no, for sure. Um, all right, so Richie Evans, ninth in the championship. Jesse Thompson, 10th. Bopping, 11th. Uh, privateers, Creech, Baldwin, Ravenhorse, Zach Small, Whiteman, Dice, McManus, Lockie Davis. That's your sort of 10 through 20 privateer ranks. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of a wrap on MX1, sort of talking about uh, those guys with... Um, One thing yeah. with MX1... What do you reckon Longy comes out and does this weekend? Oh, yeah, that's good to talk about. Dylan Long's back. Well, he was back at the last well, rounds, but he should wasn't I say, really back. He should I back. say, when I say back, he's actually had a um, he's had the, the mid-season break to get going again. So if that's all run smoothly in his break and he's... Which was know. interesting because he actually been putting a bunch of stuff up that he's been coaching and riding with his old junior coach, Macca. Oh really? Yeah. So I don't take too much notice of the of the gram. social media, but um, yeah, I think if it's not a chick, no, I don't. Um, I've got everyone muted. It's so good. You don't just follow the meme pages. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, moto memes. Um, but anyway, so uh, he 
I think he's trying to together. he's trying to find something. Is what I'm getting at. Like he's going back to his childhood coach. Like he's obviously trying to find that something to get him where he needs to be. He um can be a podium guy if oh he's won before. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I we don't know what Gimpy's going to be like because we've obviously never been there, which is pretty exciting. Um, From what I've seen, it's sort of natural terrain, Queensland dirt. It looks pretty sick, but I don't know. Looking at it, it looks pretty high speed and natural. I don't know if it's going to suit long. I know we're, what, a couple months out, but I really think uh, Maury is where long he's going to shine. Yeah, okay. So, real jumpy, you know, pretty bit hard pack, like quite technical track. He's good in the sand too, though. He is, but when has he won a round in the sand? Never won, but he's... Coolum, he's been quite competitive. So I know he uh, rides up what Moela and all yeah, that. Yeah, the sand tracks up there, North Vic. Yeah, Wonga. Sorry. So um, he is quite good in that stuff. But does it? Do you think does it come down to it on a sand track at the end of those motos? You've got people like Waters and Maros who are gnarly trainers, and and they have that fitness towards the end of the motos on a rough sand track. Does Longy ha- does Longy have that though? This is this has been the question of Longy's whole career because. When we're at Raymond Terrace, where it's just, you know, quite smooth, hard pack, and, the, you know, the skill of scrubbing and, and just, just yeah, carrying momentum and all that comes into it, Longy won. Mm. So uh, it's just maybe one of those things that if you were to put Longy on one of those guys' programs and, and had someone to crack the whip on him, not saying that he doesn't work hard, but we all know that Longy loves a bit of fun and loves has to he has to keep it fun for him to want to yeah, keep he, riding. Yeah, I think he would burn out pretty quick. It's hard to say because Longy beats to his own drum. He's not like your typical top-level factory pro It'd rider. Be like a, not to compare him because it's in America, but like a Sealy who I'm sure if you put Sealy on – Alden uh, Baker's program that he probably wouldn't last too long. He, he has to keep it fun. No, he yeah, no, it's not cut out for everyone. And I think long yeah, I think if you could draw a comparison, Sealy would be pretty close to Longy. But Longy really has to get his shit together in this last half of motocross, and then also have a decent Supercross series because if he's going to be wanting another paycheck uh, from wherever it comes from next year for him to have a ride, he's really got to step up because unfortunately. As much as it wasn't his fault at round one in the first turn, he has had a rough season so far. He has, and hopefully we see him turn it around. And uh, I, I still don't quite get how long he's not doing X Games best whip and doing that whole thing as well. Um, well maybe if he doesn't get it right, he'll be, he'll be signing up on stuff. But is that really that lucrative to go and do that? I know it's not. It's not as far as um, the event, but if you're getting, I mean, his his Instagram reach is on a level of anybody well, he'd be our biggest uh instagram i mean i feel like he's always gonna i just don't know if he um i don't know if he quite utilizes his exposure to get sponsors and uh, you know obviously he that's what i'm saying he could go down that route so he must want to race and win championships otherwise he would be doing that stuff wouldn't he well yeah he's one of our most talented riders he, yeah. he needs to be out there and, and so that's what i've always potentially he should be winning races yeah, I mean, and he's fit. Like, I remember years ago, he came and trained with me in the gym for a little bit, and um, it was after the whole thing with Choice KDM went bad, and, and he did a few weeks stay with down here, and he he was in shape. Like, there was a lot of rumours that he wasn't in shape, but I don't think his head was in the right spot with the team and stuff, and I think, like you said, Longy's got to keep it fun, and I think for him it's more being on the right program and being in the right headspace. But... um. We'll see what long he's got this weekend. Hopefully, he can come out swinging. Uh, another one we want to talk about is Caleb Ward. Is he racing or? I, I, I don't know. 
I know he's been writing. I've seen it on Instagram, but that's all I've got. I, I was meant to reach out to him before the show, but I didn't get time. Um, so that could be one of those things that he could come out and just continue these results, which if that is the case, it has to be well, something he, wrong. He can't. If he comes back and does them results, like I hate to say it, but he will be – that's his career. I understand that, but it wouldn't be surprising for him to come out and you know put it into the top five. He did get podiums last year. He is one of our top riders in the country, but something has to have been going well, I th- on. I think it was the hand wrist injury from when I spoke but to him. I don't understand but why you show up and try and race if you like. It's not like he was back in tenth, and we were wondering what's wrong with Caleb Ward because he is one of our best riders. Mm. It was back in twentieth, and I'm not trying to be rude, but our twentieth place guys aren't much chop. No, and he could roll around with one arm back in that. So why was he out there? Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. He cannot come back and do those results. He has to either stay home and figure it out, or he's got to come back swinging. Well, hopefully he's one of those guys that this mid-season break has benefited, has really helped, and and he can you know get his shit together because it's really you know a benefit to our championship if he is uh, contending for podiums because that's where he was last year and, and that was his, you know, debut year in the 450 class. So it's kind of disappointing that he hasn't, you know, made that next step and, and uh, been up there a little bit more consistently. He's currently 31st in the championship. Far um, out. Yeah, yeah looking long, he's 22nd. Um, yeah, some, the results are all over the place. Dean Ferris is 17th after two rounds. Um there you have it. So, yeah, I mean, those are the guys that I really had questions on other than the, the main few we spoke about. Uh, Richie Evans is a guy, though, like, finishing it up. I, I, I think. Well, the fact that Erky Caro and, and a few others like that aren't actually there, that's sort of going to open up for that. You know, Dobson will probably get back in there. Richie Evans is going to get in there. And they'll be, you know, hovering around that top five. Um, I think some of Dobson is definitely going to... Have you seen that little crew they got in Queensland right now? They've been riding together. you got, like, um, Nato Crawford, Dobson... Tanny's I think been. I've seen the cycling updates, which you know we all know that you can't you can't go cycling without putting on the gram just to make yourself look like a wanker in lycra. So it's Boy. nice to see him. <laughs> so nice to see him putting out there. Yeah, but you know what it is. It didn't happen if you don't put it on the gram. Yeah, but I just I I know. I guess it's cool that they're you know engaging the followers and and letting everyone know they're training. But I mean, you're kind of creepy though. You keep it on the down low, <laughs> oh, like yeah. you don't let people know what you're up to. Yeah, I've got me Strava set as someone someone else's name. So oh, really? Yeah, I've freaking logged you the case. You fall on the DL. You haven't even racing for a few years there. You can let people know. Yeah, but I still don't like people knowing what I'm up to. Yeah, that's what I mean. You keep it. That's where you get in trouble when people know what you're up to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, but they've got that crew. You've got like um, Dobson. you got, I think Tanny's up there. you got Caleb Barham. Um, you know, there's a good little crew. they got training. Well, hopefully it pays off for him because um, that uh, that sort of group, you know, that they're, they're all sort of had, I guess you could say, Dobson was going really well until that last two rounds. But Crawford, and I know we're not talking about two fifties, but I would really hope that he comes out and and you he should be a winner. Mm. So he should at least win the two rounds in the last five because the way he has ridden in previous series, that's what he was hired to do. And I know it's been such a rough go of it for him, but he has the potential to, you know, be that guy that, you know, contends and takes it away from and Wilson Todd. Man, it's the same as, unfortunately, as, as you know, injuries for Nato Crawford. But we're going to talk about MX2 in a minute. Right now, um, 
I was going to do MX2 before we talked to Melros, but we've gone on long a little bit. So let's uh, get Hayden on the phone real quick. Like I said, he is uh, our next guest on the show, Hayden Melros, and we're going to get him on the phone in just a second. So um, put it on the spot for you, Duran, real quick before we get on the phone with Hayden. Who is your pick for Gimpy this weekend in MX1? I think uh, you have to read into the whole uh, Todd Waters has been overseas, he's been building and, and he's going to uh, come out and, and probably win this round. But it's a little bit unknown because we've got sort of clout with a red plate now and we've got Hayden who's you know consistently been that contender each weekend. So it wouldn't be surprising to see either one of them uh, get the win or the other thing is what's Metcalf and Gibbs going to do because those two are obviously have the potential to win and and it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Well, that's uh, the man on the line right now. We just talked about him coming into Gympie, but uh, Hayden Melros, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Appreciate it. How you doing? Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the call. It's good to be on here. So, uh, Hayden, we've been talking about um, the second half of the MX National season. It's good to actually finally get you on the... On the podcast, we've been meaning to get you on for a while, but I had a wrong number for you. I think I was texting your mum at one point, and it was getting <laughs> it was getting all sorts out of shape. But we we finally got, made it happen. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, good to have, you know to be on here. I um, I apologise. It's been a while, but um, no, I've been listening to you guys' podcast now for a little while, and uh, it's finally awesome to have the chance and opportunity to come on. Oh, well, I hope you haven't listened to it too much because I'm not going to lie, I, I have overlooked you a little bit on this show a few times. So um... That's all right. It, it tends to be the way my career has gone. I mean, I, I even heard Banger, um, you know, a couple of shows ago even state say my name so it was uh, it was cool to listen to that but um nothing <laughs> come on I, I nip him up and make sure that he's throwing you in there because he forgets you <laughs> all the freaking time yeah. yeah i know you're the one that has you have my back yeah bang has got back. your back it's he does cool. <laughs> no, i tell you what it is hayden this this is my yeah. my rationale behind it right like i've been doing nrg tv for a lot of years now and You've only come back on the scene this year. So I'm so used to, to Clout and Ferris and Gibbsy and saying those guys that um, I guess I'm kind of like an old fart in the media now at my young age. But, I, yeah, I'm a little preconditioned to you not being around, you know? No, 100%. It's been like that. Um, you know, obviously I spent some time overseas and uh, I guess kind of blended in with the Americans, so to speak. And, you know, since I've been back on home soil, it's, it's been uh, – it's been different, but um, I feel like I'm kind of finding my footing and, you know, starting to uh, remember that, oh, people are starting to remember me a little bit, which is kind of cool process. Yeah, I mean, let's um, let's start there because, you know, you were in America almost to the point where I would say I didn't expect you to return, you know, um, yeah. and you had a lot of different uh, rides and programs going on over there between you know privateer and then and support rides and some pretty decent rides at one point um and you were over there for what was it five years um yes yeah, so i was on and off there when i was younger um at the Millsaps training facility and then um yeah, i think I, I first went over there with clout him and i went over to the Millsaps training facility and we spent like two years there yeah, yeah. um and then and he returned I, I kind of stayed around and did my own thing over there and, um, yeah, just bounced around from, you know, in between trainers and uh, different rides, as you said. And I guess just a similar similar thing as what happens here, you know, each year you kind of find find someone different, you find different connections, you ride with someone different and 
that's just kind of how it went over there. And um, I guess just was trying to find my footing in the whole situation and, uh, you know, make it to, to one of the uh, elite factory teams. But just fell short of that, unfortunately. But, um, you know, that's racing. A lot of injuries kind of held me back from that. But, um, yeah, in saying that, it's uh, it's great to be home here in Australia on you know, one of the best teams in the paddock too. Yeah, I think um, that was the other thing. When we spoke the other day, I think we had a chat at Murray Bridge and I didn't realise you were still quite so young. What are you, 23 right now? Yeah, 23, yeah. I um, actually got on Aiden Williams's case uh, as he was commentating one of the rounds saying how old I am. and um, I was just like, man, I, I didn't think 23 was that old. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, not like, uh, it's not unlike Aiden to have no idea what's going on at certain times. But... <laughs> Um, no, we're just kidding. We, we love you, Aiden. But um, I think that's the problem. I say this a lot with um, – I was talking to Jesse Dobson the other day on the show and a few other guys, and when you guys are – I mean, you go into the senior or pro ranks, whatever you want to call it, at, at 16, yep. 17. So that that age gap to 23, that, that's a long time. No, oh, 100%. You know, this is – you know, I, I did go pro here in Australia for my first ever year. Um and I, I, did, I didn't race MXD. I didn't race the uh, MX2. I stepped straight up into the MX1, um, I believe, in 2013. So 13 and, or 14, uh, was, that was with Raceline Suzuki. Yeah. You, would you have been exactly. teammates with Banger back then? When, yeah, it was 14. Yeah. 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 He was the one that had the ride, and I was the one that was paying for the ride. <laughs> there you go. You, were you paying for that mullet that he had to? <laughs> that, it worked out well, didn't it, for me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that was my first year. Woodsy, Chris Woods and I kind of did our own little program off the side. And, um, obviously, I was supported by my family. I was only, um, I think, 17 years, seventeen or 18 years old. So, um, yeah, it was my first year. And, man, I, I learned a lot that year. And then to kind of go away and come back and be with him again kind of makes makes it feel like nothing's ever changed. But, um. You know, that's one thing. I guess it's only my second year in MX Nationals, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still quite young, which is a huge, I guess, a huge bonus for me. So a little off topic, but uh, you've obviously come back this year full-time and, and this is the first, you know, real goal of MX1 where you're a championship contender. Was there mm-hmm. options for you to stay over uh, in America or did you sort of just, you know, want to stop beating your head against the wall trying to get those, you know, factory rides and, and racing on those privateer bikes? Um, no, it's just, uh, so the team I did race Supercross for, for the last couple of years, um, kind of didn't fold, but they were putting their, um, investment into the Rocky Mountain ATV KTM team. And, um, you know, so they were kind of closing shop a little bit. And I did speak to a few, um, even had like a little Husky deal. Um, I think JMC, you know, Husky deal happening at one point and, um, just little things, but it was just. It wasn't a step forward from previous years, so I just, you know, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm 23. I've had a pretty good run over here. I've, I've learned, you know, I've learned a shit ton, and I've had a bloody blast meeting and, um, you know, being able to hang out with some pretty cool dudes. So, just got to the point where I was like, you know, I want to, um, I want to start, you know, building, I get, I guess, a bit more of a life for myself instead of a career, and. Um, you know that that was a huge thing on the on the return to Australia was you know I want to get to the point where I'm I'm saving and I'm not investing in myself all the time and you know I've got a girlfriend and I've got two dogs and it's like you know I want to build a house and I want to do this I want to do that and you know just the day to day life stuff that I just I, I wanted to experience and uh, 
that was a huge thing with you know my decision to come home was I guess the structure and the stability of having having the full 12 months here and being able to build and work on them them things I felt like I was lacking so um, yeah and not only that you know returning for KTM was was a huge positive as well you know it's not like um, you know it was a step backwards I, I really feel like it was a big step forward for myself being on KTM and machinery so was that um, um, was that ride did you have that organized before you came home or did you come home and then organize that ride um, so, yeah, I come home, obviously, for the Australian Supercross last year with DPH Husqvarna, and um, oh, I guess yeah, while sorry. I was... I totally spaced yeah, on so, that. <laughs> so, so while I was home here in Australia, um, we started chatting, and that's when I got my deal together and actually went up towards the end of the year, did a little test run and signed my deal, um, signed my deal then. So, yeah, I, I went back to America over Christmas time, spent a little bit back there seeing a doctor about a a few nagging things, a few things fixed up, and then uh, you know, come back in January and started my preseason. So, because um, um, we, I heard your name linked to that seat because that was when the KDM rumors of um, you know they were dissolving their in-house program and 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 it was going out to a few different programs and uh, and yeah, I heard your name pretty early on linked to that Raceline um, deal on a four fifty. So it was obviously something you guys got done pretty early on in the off season. Yeah, it was um, something we got organised quite early. Uh, it was much of a um you know much of an a, just a, a verbal agreement you know on the most part until we did a few little bit of testing sessions and until we put pen to paper so it was a, a big a verbal agreement for, between Woodsy and I and then once I was able to go up and ride the KTM and get you know be healthy enough to go up there um then you know that's when we put pen to paper and I guess put all the rumors to rest so um yeah as I said, it's a pretty good pretty good gig for me to, to be back here in Australia and you know I'm on some of the best machinery it's um you know been a huge change for me being being a Yamaha guy for like you know three to four years so um yeah it was a good positive change there. So coming back uh to you know race in Australia was it always going to be for the 450 class or did you entertain any offers for uh you know still staying in the 250 class and, and trying to get championships there? Yeah, look, I, I think my first goal was um, a 250. Uh, to be honest with you, I was working on a few deals to be on a 250 in Australia, and um, I really wanted that opportunity. I felt like, um, you know, what I had learned overseas in America was good enough to be a championship, you know, contender and, and win the MX2 championship. Um, but it was also around that time when. Um, Wilbur's deal in the, you know, in Europe fell through. Um, so then Wilbur come back with not having a deal uh, in Australia and DPH at the time pretty much, um, you know, obviously was leaning towards him having a 250 and they wanted me to go to a 450. And at the time I was like, you know what, uh, you know, I'm not sure I had my sights set on the 250, but, um, you know, that's, I guess at that point that's when KTM come on board as well and, even Chris Wood said to me, "Look, it's, we don't we don't care. MX2 S, uh, in the MX1 class are both, you know, both just as important to each other. So whatever bike you choose to ride, um, you know, that's the bike you can ride." So he gave me the opportunity, and and then I thought to myself, um, you know, if I come back here, I want to be, you know, I want to be in the premier class, and uh, it was a huge decision that 
you know, I spoke to my family about, spoke to my parent, um, my girlfriend, my mechanic was a huge person that was involved with it. And he said, look, like, you know, when there's other teams around the world looking at motorcycle racing in Australia, they're going to be looking at the MX1 class. They're going to be looking at the Premier class. And obviously my goal is to eventually get back to the US or, you know, even Europe now. And we just figured, well, let's put ourselves in the spotlight in the MX1 class. Let's race the best races in, in Australia. And then that, that means, you know, teams from all over the world is going to have their spotlight look, you know, sh- I guess, shown upon us. And we just felt that would be the best opportunity for me to, you know, show my talent and at the same time, hopefully do what I need to do to, you know, be rewarded with a, uh, you know, an, a designations ride or even potentially a, um, you know, a seat overseas in the future. Well, it's definitely, uh, you know, seems to have paid off. Well, you've had the red plate at some stage this year and, and you've obviously, you know, uh, been on the podium a lot. Were you expecting that or is it, you know, stepping up to the 450 class, you weren't quite sure where you were going to fit into the results? Um, yeah, I guess stepping up, I didn't really know where I was going to be, um, which was, I mean, not really common for me, but everybody just kept speaking about clout, you know, clout this, clout that. He's, uh, you know, Luke's going to be a title contender and, and then the statements that Luke was saying says, you know, he was saying that, he wants to win and this is his year and you know in the back of my head I know that Luke and I have been rivals for years and I thought you know what if if he has this motivation and if he has this you know knowledge to know that he can go out and win well there's no reason that you know I can't do the same so you know even though I hadn't raced the 450 here in Australia for, for some years and I haven't raced the MX national season in a long time I just said you know what there's no um there's no better rider in Australia right now than Luke. So if he believes I can win, then so can I. And, and that was kind of just my, I guess my outlook going on, going into round one was, you know, we're going to, um, we're going to win. And, um, the, the big thing I had was I had no pressure. Um, you know, even, (laughs) even you guys prior to round one, you know, didn't even, um, you know, have me in, in any pick. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. There was nobody that, you know, nobody that really had me as a top three. He's or, definitely a little bit uh, salty you about that, isn't he? No, nah, he's, yeah. I think he's doing pretty well. Like, there's there's quite a few guys that, and I'll be honest, Hayden, um, yeah. I, I was pretty naive to the fact of, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm this noble guy. Like, you've been sort of seen as a supercross only guy for quite a while in the States. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, for me, I was like, okay, he's coming back and you kind of hadn't spoken with you. We didn't really have a whole lot of knowledge of the deal at that point. It's the motivating factors as to why you came back. And it's like, are you coming back because you have to, do you really want to ride the MX nationals or is it just a stepping stone to being a super gross guy over here? It's really hard to know at that point. And, um, I didn't expect this in MX one from you. Um, I'll be honest. And I think you would have surprise a lot of people i think you may have been a little bit humble yourself that i think maybe you knew you were capable of this obviously but um yeah i think for for everybody else in the pits it might have come as a little bit of a shock honestly yeah i mean and and that's it like obviously the media um is huge in in our sport and for me i always use that for motivation whether it's positive or negative and um you know being labeled a supercross only guy it was in the back of my mind, it was like, okay, let's go show, let's go show, show these guys we can do both, and you know, let's show them we're good at it and whatnot. You know, so at the end of the day, it's only motivation for me, um, regardless of what people says, uh, you know, say. Um, 
Yeah, well, you know, well, idiots like us say that uh, we didn't have you picked. <laughs> yeah, because how many yeah. years was it in a row? Like you did, um, you did AMA Supercross and you did Aussie Supercross for is it like three seasons in a row? That's the program yeah, you did. Three seasons in a row. Yeah, yeah. American Supercross and then Australian Supercross for three three years in a row, and uh, one um, year out as the year I got hurt. Was that um, eight? What, what year did you do the the, the pro motocross in the states for Yamaha? Was that eighteen or seventeen? Uh, that was eighteen, yeah. I yeah. did it for Rock, Rock River Yamaha, but um, your yeah, shoulders were a, pretty banged up the whole time, yeah, weren't they? A bit of a bittersweet situation, you know. It's you know, any our sport um, offers and people that contact you is always usually that the the worst possible time, and you know, I was over there for three years trying to get a ride, and the, the time I finally get one, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm about to be booked in to get my back fixed, and they give me a, a call, and I was it was almost like too good to turn down. So we thought, well, let's just run the motocross season and, you know, we'll get my injury fixed later on, you know, and that was just one of them things that then at round one, I got, I got injured with my shoulder as well. And then, um, you know, teams obviously want you back as, as quick as possible. So we tried to come back quick and probably a little too early. And, and it was just a struggle, man. It's 40 degrees plus over there. I mean, as you guys can see them, they're going freaky fast and, um, just trying to, I guess, ride into shape. Um, and I think it was maybe about round six or seven that I decided to just take all the pressure off myself and use it as a preseason for the Australian Supercross in 2018. So I know it's, you know, way too early and we're only halfway through the motocross season, but uh, if you get this championship done and, and you have a good Supercross season, uh, are you looking to stay here uh, next year and, you know, sign with Raceline again or something like that? Or if the opportunity arose, would you be straight back over to America? Um, well, I'm at a, you know, really good wicket here with KTM. The the package that they've given me is, is amazing. Um, and they've obviously given me enough to do what I need to do and uh, allow me to, I guess, race um, stress very with, you know, giving me the best suspension, the best motors and whatnot. So if, if the opportunity was here to, to stay here in Australia with, you know, with Raceline, um, KTM, then I would probably lean to staying here. Um, that's not to say if something in the US came up, um, I wouldn't turn it down. I definitely would investigate it. Uh, it just needs to be worthwhile. You know, I've been over there for three years or three to four years racing the pro circuit and, I just know how much hard work and how much money absolutely goes into making a career of it in America. And, you know, the, the, the fees that go along is crazy. So if I was to get an opportunity in America, it would have to be something along the lines of a factory team in order to go back full time. Um, even, even in Europe, if I had a chance, you know, on a factory team, then I would probably definitely consider it. Um, but if nothing came up, then I would be, you know, more than happy to stay here in Australia and keep challenging for race wins and, and moto, uh, sorry, and championships and whatnot. Yeah, that's something that, um, you know, at, you're 23 years old, 24, you know, you've got, you've got the real life knocking on the door a little bit. And I think, um, you know, I was just having, when we talked to Todd Waters earlier before we had uh, you come on the show, Hayden, like, you know, as far as a domestic series, you know, you take away the World Series, which is MXGP and AMA, you know, in the States as a domestic series, like if you're doing what you're doing over here in Australia, like you're not on the millions of dollars that the factory guys are in Europe or in America, but 
it's it's probably pretty financially viable for you to continue doing this, I would imagine. And you don't have to get too specific with numbers, but um, you know, you get your round bonuses, you're in the contention for the championship bonuses, you get your sign on, and you're really good at branding yourself, which is something else that um, I've noticed you're doing a lot this year is you're getting um, outside industry sponsors, you're starting to do your coaching program, and, and you're really utilizing yourself as an asset to the brands that you represent. And, um, you know, as far as, as that, as a base in Australia, like I think a lot of the kids are like, oh, I got to get to MHGP or I got to get to AMA, but it, it is definitely viable to build yourself a, a program over here where you can make a living. You just got to know how to do it, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I think, you know, if you're in the top three here in Australia and per round and, and for the championship, then you're going to be quite comfortable. But as you said, it's, you know, money only stretches so far. So it's all about trying to, you know, be smart and brand yourself while you can. You know, we only have a short career as it is. So I think, you know, getting them outside sponsors and doing them coaching schools like I can is something that you know, not a lot of racers actually, you know, do. Um, the outside sponsors is something I dwell on hugely because, you know, there's only so much money in our industry going around and, you know, when you're talking about all the in-house sponsors like, you know, Alpine Star and Thor and all the brand names, it's it's almost like a big money circle. Money goes in, money goes out, but there's no additional money coming into the sport that's necessarily making our sport grow as a whole unless you get them outside sponsors that do invest in, you know, riders or events or teams. So I think, you know, it's all well and good when you've got all these title name sponsors, but I've always been trying to look outside the square when it's like, okay, no, let's get, you know, Curb Tech Industries, like one of my sponsors and the tool store to jump on board and bring some outside money that's from mining, that's from different businesses into our sport that just generates a little bit more money for that, that money circle, you know, instead of taking it off Alpine Star and then Alpine Star getting money in return. It's, it's just trying to, you know, broaden our, our sport. So, um, it's just something I've dwelled on, I guess, and, um, you know, for a year and a half now, I've been working on that, and, you know, I've definitely got a good program with some strong personal sponsors, which is cool to have on board, and, and at the end of the day, you know, the personal sponsors absolutely love, you know, motorcycle racing, and that's, that's the biggest part of it, is making sure that, you're, you know, the people that are looking after you are having a great time, too, so... Um, yeah, for sure, it's... Um you know, and at the end of the day, like Hayden Melros is a business at this point. You know, you are you're no different to any other any other individual um, musician, athlete, whatever you want to call it. Like you got to find ways to make this viable for you, and and maybe it ain't the glitz and glamour of racing Supercross anymore, but you've been there and done that, and and now you've found ways to make it work back at home. So, hundred percent, yeah, yeah, definitely that's how. It- um, hats off there and I think you know I said this to Jay Wilson before like Jay's starting to venture out into doing some different things in the industry and 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 I've seen you setting yourself up with some outside sponsors and some relationships and and um, you know I think a lot of the younger kids you could probably educate them a little bit as far as like the MXD kids are like oh, I just got a race and if I get the results like it'll come it's like yeah you, you get a certain level of support and and mm. but you know it, race results are only one avenue to make money and um, it Racing is a great platform to make money from, but it's not always a great platform to make money off, if that makes sense. I don't know. But. Uh, 100% agree. You know, it's um, it's all about making money you can where you can. And, I mean, the biggest industry for it is, I mean, you guys, I mean, I'm going to be honest, 
banger knows exactly this, but it's the Instagram models, you know, they're only young and they only look, <laughs> they only, they only look I don't know good, what the you know, fuck you're talking about. Banger no. does know about that, yes. <laughs> they, they, only look, they only look good, you know, for a short period of time, but, you know, let me tell you, they're making the most of it. They'll post, you know, half nude. They'll do whatever they can to make a buck. But, you know, it only it only lasts so long. And so is, is this a career direction you're considering? Is that what you're saying on air? Is that where you're going with it? Or? Yeah, we start I, seeing him post half-nude photos. We know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, just tagging a few modeling companies for me and, uh, you know, hit me, hit me up because I'm available to shoot whenever. <laughs> Wow, this went way off topic. You see, this is what having Banger in the room does. Like, he doesn't even need to speak and it gets off topic, you know? Oh, uh, I, I follow him on Instagram. I know, you know, when you look at your following and who, who you follow, what they like, I see what type of pictures pop up. Oh, so. oh yeah, every hot chick that pops up in the search was. feed is is followed by Duran14. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yep. there it is. It's, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> But, all right, so let's get back on track real quick, Hayden. So well, we're going to let you go in a minute here, but you are currently, you know, you're four points out of the championship lead. You got, you know, technically you got second overall what happened, but you kind of won if you take the penalty out of it. Second overall at Wani with a big crash. Fourth overall with Broadford with... Half a lap to go. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, fourth overall Broadford with a tumble down the hill and then another tumble down the hill that um, really cost you a really strong shot at the overall there in that moto win. Um, and then two third overalls at four and five rounds at Murray bridge. So, I mean, man, as far as like a consistency standout for a season, like doesn't get, that's like a, you know, a highlight reel as far as you've only been off the podium once, you know, probably eating at you a little bit that you haven't got that moto win yet. Um, but the consistency is what's getting it done for you, obviously. Yeah, for sure. I, to be honest with you, I just laugh at it because, um, you know, I look at it as I'm. I'm. It's only my second year, like like we spoke about. So I'm trying to learn as much as I can, as quick as I can. You know, half of these guys in this class have been racing it for, you know, a good part. Well, clout a good part of um, you know, five or six years, and waters well, a good part of nine to ten years. You know, so for me, I'm trying to learn the ropes as quick as I can, and it's just been them little one percenters where I make the mistakes. You know, as you spoke about, happen. I, I, oh, I won the race, but you know got unlucky with a, um, with a penalty, um, you know, around two at one faggy. I um, got third in Moto 1, was second in Moto 2. That would have been good enough for the overall there, but I, I was unaware that um, Clout had a, had a timed penalty and I just tried to push the limits to pass, you know, Toddy Waters and, and made a mistake and crashed, hit the ground, which that cost me that overall. That was a big uh, crash too. Like that, yeah. that scared me the way you kind of yeah. flung up and landed on your, on your back of your head yep. almost, you know? Yeah. A big crash there, which that cost me that overall. Um, was that one of those crashes where you didn't see it? Cause it looked to me like you kind of didn't do anything wrong. Did that just come out of nowhere where you kind of pushed the front yeah, end? And I was, uh, I was just close enough to Toddy where I was getting roosted, you know, where it would just to the point where it gets harder to see. And, um, yeah, I guess I just pushed my front just a little bit. Um, and yes, yeah, dove in, went over and that's all she wrote there. But, uh, obviously I learned a huge lesson from that. And then, um, yeah, obviously Broadford was technically on paper the worst weekend I've had, but that was (laughs) for me looking at it, the best weekend I've been, you know, I, Qualified first, I almost won Super Bowl. Um, I went 3-3 in the first back-to-back, which sat me third overall heading into the last moto. And then in the last moto, I led 
basketball every single lap from start to finish except for the last half a lap and unfortunately I guess shit the bed as you could say and <laughs> um, made a little mistake with half a lap to go and you know Gibbs got the win and I ended up tied third but fourth overall so I went from winning the if I had to finish that race I would have won the overall but ended up fourth. I was going through the results earlier before we started the show and I seen that fourth and then it all came back to me, you know, watching you have that four on the, on the last lap. And I was like, man, that would be, that would be just one of those things. But I guess, you know, it's going to make it all the more sweet because I'm pretty sure you get a moto win and, you know, and that overall in the second half of the season, like it's definitely coming for you. Um, Yeah. I think I, I think I just got to put myself in them positions still, you know, I think, uh, we just, we've been working hard on them starts, and I think if we can get out front and get within the first, you know, two or three, um, we're going to be in a good spot. You know, we've got the speed and got the fitness, and as long as we keep being consistent and knocking off our laps, then everything's going to fall into place, and that's the biggest thing I've got to worry, you know, I've got to think about is, you know, let's not make the win. Let's just let the win come to us, and as long as I focus on getting some starts, running 30 minutes consistent and doing everything I can, then, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all going to get a little bit of luck here and there. And uh, if I'm in the right position and, and counter that luck, or if I'm in the right position and, and it just so happens to be that weekend, then then I'll get my overall. And I think once the first overall comes, the second and third will be much easier. It's just, I guess, a little trying to get the monkey off the back, so to speak. But um, I think you're well and truly <laughs> overdue some luck because... Uh... <laughs> You know, the crashes and the penalty, I mean, like, it's not always your fault, but um, you're definitely due a break to get that win. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah it. Well, hopefully we see it in the second half of the season, man. But, um, hey, Hayden, we're going to have to let you go, mate, because um, this phone call has gone for 30 minutes already, and we've got a little <laughs> bit of uh, catching up to do. We've got to get through the 250s preview and those guys for the second half of the season yet. But, um, hey, man, thank you very much for coming on. We appreciate it, and um, thanks for being cool with me, forgetting about you in the championship on the podcast every week. That That's good, too. Um, yeah, no worries, mate. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Bangers got you back, and we'll make sure that, uh, you know, hopefully after Gimpy we get you back on for your, you know, chat about your first overall win. There you go. Yeah, no, well, I, uh, thank you for that. I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're tipping me, so that, that makes me feel good, you know. I'll use that as motivation now, and... <laughs> Yeah, once I said, thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a pleasure, and I'll uh, look forward to chatting to you guys soon. No worries, man. All right, thanks for coming on, mate. Talk to you soon. See you, bud. See you, mate. All right, Banger, your, your ex-teammate there, Hayden Melros, and um, he's pretty switched on. He's really easy to talk to. Yeah, really cool dude. We're kind of lucky tonight. We've had Todd and uh, Hayden, who, you know, two of the best sort of interviewers uh, we have sort of over here in Australia, so... Uh, one thing that we you didn't really ask there was, um, like you said, with Dobson and Crawford and all that, they got a little riding click going on at the moment. He's got his own, and, he and does, I've actually yeah. been there. And his he, setup at home, the Maros family yeah. would have the best facility in Australia. That um, is, I like, was meant to ask about that, and I forgot his home track. That Supercross track, have you ridden that Supercross? Yeah, track? I have. I'd, I wouldn't have ridden the layout that it is now, but his motocross track, uh, they they have the machinery. They get out, they rip it. Uh, and water it, we'd water it the night before we'd do our motos, and that would be one of the best tracks that I've ever ridden. So mm. um, it's so cool. He's, you know, that like such a nice family, and where I don't know if he lives there anymore, but he was just living up in the barn. Uh, yeah, I think when he, I was there, he might and, be building a house in town or something, uh, well, but yeah. You would walk down the stairs and literally be in the gym, uh, and he just, you know, lived and breathed racing, 
and it obviously has paid off and he's one of those riders that you can never question the fact that he's put in the work uh, and he, yeah just having those facilities he has it um it's just a really good recipe for him to you know uh, get the results that he obviously has yeah it's it's pretty impressive to see what he's done this year it really is it surprised me a little bit um but hopefully he can keep it up i'm sure he's going to get that you know like we said that overall in the second half of the season get that first moto win so let him Let's move it over to MX2 now, Duran, because we've been on the hour and 35 minutes of MX1. So that was Thor MX1, guys, heading into Gympie this weekend for the second half of the MX national season. Modal MX2. Um, unfortunately for Duran, Wilson Todd is coming back as much as Duran thinks he shouldn't, and he is sitting in the championship lead. But that championship lead shrunk in half because of the mechanical issues that he had at Murray Bridge and Carl Webster going on a tear at that round. But... Do you I think mean, Webster's going to come out and continue the form? Or? Oh, man. I mean, this is one of those things, isn't it? Like, Webster's going to continue his form, but Wilson Todd's just done four rounds of AMA, and he's going to be running on so much confidence right now. You reckon? You don't think? I, I There's either two ways you can look at it. He's had his, you know, ego beaten down a little bit, uh, being beat over there, or... He is coming in with confidence, thinking I can beat everyone here is just let, shit. Let me ask you this then, because you've raced at that elite level in America. Not like Wilson, I haven't yeah, done but that. Give but give yourself some credit, you've raced Supercross over there. Yeah, so when you have raced over there and then you come back to race over here, it's it's not as stressful, it's a lot less pressure. Do you feel like he would just be like, oh, I'm at a MMX National, this is nothing compared to where I've just been? Have you ever spoken to Wilson? I reckon he wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't care if you, his life was on the line. He's pretty chill. Uh, yeah, he is pretty chill. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's still going to be the fastest in the class. Yes, Murray Bridge wasn't the he, best. He route, definitely he didn't still, drill with that track though either. He said like, and it was funny because I don't think any of us really knew that he hated Murray Bridge and, you know, never really jailed with the track there throughout the years. So if that is his bad round, and it was almost, I guess, unfortunate that we had the double header there, uh, but if that is his worst round of the year, it's pretty good. He did salvage uh, some decent points and was extremely lucky that that mechanical with the wheel came in one of the back-to-backs mm-hmm. where they don't count as uh, full points. Yeah, that saved his bacon as far as the point situation. Um, so I mean, he still finished the moto, but it was a big, big swing to where he normally finishes. But it was what it was something like only like a tenth in the you know how they put the overall yeah, together. So it wasn't like the worst thing in the world. It did affect his overall in the day. I'm surprised you're not ranting about that. Still, you really not I a fan am, of but that. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to not uh, you know piss too many people off. But to me, it, like this format is stupid. Yeah, but in saying that, you got to get over it sometimes. So sure, that's what it yeah. is. What it is, uh, and. As much as it helped Wilson, it also helped Kyle at um, Montagi when he had that. That mechanical too. Yes, yeah, so it evens out in the end. But I that's guess. the thing, like now you've got Todd and Webster, they both had their mechanical, so to speak. Do you do you see it happening again? Well, the thing with Wilson, like how often does a wheel just come apart like that? Like it wasn't as if it was a motor or anything like that. I think mm. out of the two that our championship contenders, I think the one that would, you know, have most likely have the kind of mechanical that we've seen over the last couple of years. Would be Webster. Webster, yeah. But in saying that, I don't think it's going to happen. They've seen like they've got their shit together this year. They seem to have figured it out for sure. I guess maybe not at one thing. If we hold another round at one thing, I bet you they'll be. Uh, Dude, wouldn't you, just say to, wouldn't you just say to Kyle at one thing, like, can you keep it low RPMs, yeah. just ride around? He's not had the best luck. He hasn't. Um, but so okay, we're going to talk about these 
the front two. And well, we need to talk about the front three because you got Jay Wilson. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Jay is notoriously really good in the last half of the year. Yeah, he's um, I guess one of those riders that is all you can never count him out. He's always mentally strong um, and can be a championship guy. Like even when you don't think he's quite got it for the year, he figures it, it out. He pulls it out and he yeah. ends up, you know, being in contention. So uh, as much as we think Webster could step up and, and challenge Wilson, I would almost say it would be more likely that Jay would step up and and make this a run for the championship. Yeah, and if Jay if Jay Rap comes back, if he grows that beard like he did in fifteen and figures it out, I just don't. He's, I'd say he's the only other guy than Webster that can match Wilson Todd on lap times. But the problem Jay's been having is that he's doing his times to match Wilson on lap eight, lap nine. It's weird that he hasn't been able to get the starts. Like by no means, I'd say he's he's hasn't got a bike to get starts. That yeah, bike, that would, bike be awesome. would be fantastic. I mean, standard that bike's great. Before you put a, a motor in it, and that team knows what they're doing. So I think if he can. Get that sorted. You reckon if he gets a couple hole shots, it starts to snowball from there? I, I would think so. He's such yeah. a momentum sort of guy. And uh, like I said, towards the last half of the year, he always seems to come on strong. He, and you got to remember, he's always good at Coolum. And he, even just on the weekend, I'm pretty sure, did a coaching school at Moree. He was at Moree, So yeah. I would guarantee that coming into the last few rounds, if he is getting has closed the gap on Wilson, it will will be a really interesting, uh, you know, final two rounds. He's only twenty five points back, so it's not out of the question for him to do it. And uh, I would think if you would look at the points in twenty fifteen when he won the championship, he didn't even win a round. If uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't win a round until Toowoomba, the second last round. Yeah, he was consistent. His it, Jay never has a simple championship. As far as a win, like that Supercross Championship, he was injured and it didn't yeah, really go funny. to plan. Like, and and fifteen was just as crazy. Like, it's never easy for Jay, but he does find a way to pull it off. So, so in saying that, who have you got for the championship? It, I can't. You can't look past Wilson. It's got to be Wilson. But, but if if anything else goes wrong for Wilson Todd or Kyle Webster, I think Jay Wilson is is clearly the next guy that could. Get, you know, he's going to need some help to get it done, I reckon. So we've got, like, how cool is this for the championship? We've got Wilson, and yeah, he is, what, 23 points out. But then we've got uh, Jay and Kyle. They're only separated by two points. And then we have a little bit of a breakaway to Crawford and Tandy, who are equal on 212. And then from Crawford in fourth with 212 points all the way back to uh, Bailey Malkowitz in eighth, it's only 14 points. Yeah, that whole backside of the top five ten. So that you know, as much as third place Jay Wilson in the championship, there is a little bit of a breakaway. That top five in the like fourth spot in the championship is really up for grabs right now, and uh, it's going to be cool because someone like um, a Malkowitz or it's pretty crazy that Riley Jukes, as much as we haven't talked about him, he's in seventh in the championship. So. One of those guys, it's not out of the question for them to be fourth in the championship by the end of this series, yeah. and it would be completely out of the blue uh, and not something that we would have expected because, to me, I think Crawford is going to be in that spot. He's had a really bad half, first half of the year. Well, let's talk about Crawford now. Like he's looks like he's been riding a lot over the mid-season break. Surely he comes out and turns it around. 
he has to. Like I said, he needs to get a couple round mm. wins because as good as he is, he hasn't got the results and he's paid to be on that team. He to is paid to get the results. We're not bashing on him because he's had the injuries. Like No, but he is. If you put him in the – if if you asked anyone, they'd put him in the same category as Wilson Todd or Jay Wilson or anyone like that. Mm. He's shown it in the 450 class. He's shown it in the 250 class. So for him to have the results that he's had – I think it all comes down to those injuries. Yeah, it does. And it surely does. by now, let's hope that he's, you know, somewhat I still wouldn't say he's 100%, but he's definitely back to where I think, you know, he's got to finish this season on some podiums and some sort of momentum I before think, Supercross. Um, I know he had that fractured leg at Coolum Supercross, but even before that, those shoulder injuries and, and the surgery that I assume that he had, that's not an no. easy... Like you would mine, know, man. Mine you still would know. bothers me, yeah. Mm, yeah. So it's not like it's, uh, you know, just a, as much as the surgeon say, yeah, three months you'll be back on the bike. It's not like that at all. No. So well, you, you might be back on the bike, but it ain't like you're competitive or confident in your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. So uh, for him, you know, this last half of the year is super important. Soko Yamaha teammate Aaron Tanny is in fifth in the championship. Got to say, so far, Tanny would be... Disappointed, well, frustrated. What, was he second or third in the championship last year? Uh, testing my memory, but I think third. Okay, I thought second. But anyway, so. May, no, hold on. So obviously Wilson Todd gets the win last year. Yeah, it might have been Tanny second. No, it wasn't a Harwood second, Tanny third, maybe. Maybe or I was wrong. Other way around. Whatever it was, he was yeah, a. He was a top three guy. guy. And really, so, I thought him going to Serco, jumping on that 250 Yamaha. It's a step up in equipment. Yeah, equipment and. and he he's got to probably get a pay raise or, or got an equal pay packet where he can focus on his riding. It just hasn't seemed to have had. He's had the starts. He's had some speed. Just, just hasn't been able to. Little mistakes. Yeah, is what's really cost him, and and that's sort of added up. He's he's quite a ways out in the points, which you he's know seventy points out of the lead. Like he's definitely going to struggle to get on the overall podium at this point. Um, right behind him, Willsey. Uh, that like it's just what Willsey does. It seems like every year, sort of. You, you follow there or thereabouts, and you, yeah. Sort of, if you read into the Instagram post and that, you you always think he's building, and he, you know, finally could be the year to steps up, but he always seems to end up around that fifth place, which is nothing wrong with that. No. We just have fifth place guys sometimes. You just um, know that he's capable of more. I mean, he just had knee surgery after my bridge, got his meniscus or something cleaned out. Um, but man, that's the thing with Wills. He had a knee injury coming into my bridge. He goes out and gets his best finish of the season. I think it was. He got a fifth, right? So there has to be some value in that, and I know it's kind of hard, uh, and he's probably not going to be making like an, a really nice paycheck. But there is something in saying that he's always in that sort of top five towards the end of the year, and he may not be winning rounds, but it is Will still he, impressive that he's marketable too. Though, like I'm pretty sure he's got a GoPro gig. Um, I don't know what his endorsements are paying him, but I mean he's he's got some sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's working for him in some sense. Like, his Instagram is pretty... pretty I, don't, I don't think he'd be taking a paycheck home that's worth talking about. Yeah, but you get a few of those brands paying you a little bit, it adds up. I guess, but for him, he... Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to speak on his deals, but at the end of the day, like, he's old enough now where I don't think it's a family-funded thing. Like, he's no. clearly so, running a program. But for him, if you were to ask him come into the year, if... We should get him happy. on the show soon, Yeah, actually. he would be good on the show. Yeah. So, if Willsey, hit me up. Get, let's get you on the show next if, week. I doubt he listens, mate. But <laughs> yeah, well, is someone in Willsey's corner? I was surprised that Melrose listened. That I know when he said that, I was like, shock. "Oh, that's awkward," because <laughs> it's been the shit on Melrose show for me the whole year. But I'm just saying, if you had asked Willsey coming into the year, if he 
if he was happy with not having a podium in the first half of the season, he would guarantee he would be pissed off. So uh, hopefully he's another one that has to get his shit together and think get he, these results. Do you think he'd be a better fourth with your rider? I don't know. We haven't ever seen him on a fourth. I've never year. seen him ride one, but I, I feel like he's pretty smooth and technical. I think he could ride one well. Maybe. I think some guys stay in MX2 too long. Well, that's the sort of hard thing in Australia with... Uh, like we've got that kind of two sort of minds. We've got people like Dobson and and that who who go up super quick, and then it maybe is a little bit of a rough road. Yeah, and then like, you got people that stay in because they haven't got quite the success that they're maybe capable of, and then it sort of ends up being just well, a they're chasing that glass. chasing that carrot. I mean, Jay's done what one season in four fifties, and I think. It, for Jay, it was quite tough because he did that one season and maybe the team wasn't... The team wasn't where he needed to be. Um, so for him to have to, you know, step up and not be the biggest dude and, and try and learn a 450 in those circumstances, it just wasn't a great fit for him. So mm. maybe if he comes out and, and does a good last half of the year and wins his championship, he'll, you know, open up a ride and step up to the 450s finally. Uh, with, you well, know, he can stay with that team, it. you know, like that G, uh, that Yamaloo yeah. team. Like Evans is a 450 guy. I don't think they... You know he could he could be a fourth year rider. Yeah, that's true. I you didn't know? even think of that. Um, all right, Dukesy, Riley Dukes in seventh. That's a super solid, consistent season for him. Now Bailey Malkowitz eighth position in championship. If you'd ask Bailey and the DPH guys at the start of the season if he'd have been happy with eighth at the mid season break, it would be probably a no. Yeah, but and we had him on the show, didn't we? And he was quite confident. And I think I was, he was looking super at you, confident. sort of going, "Yeah, right, dude. Get get with the times. You're not going to be doing that." But he does have the speed. He's shown the speed, and he has shown the results, not consistently, but he's got So he got a third in a motor, didn't he? At Murray Bridge. Bridge. Yeah. So uh, I, it's just one of those things I think uh, under-19s riders sometimes think they're going to step up and and, and, and keep that and going, yeah. It. And I think they get a bit of a rude awakening when they realise Wilson Todd and people like that are you know, world, world-class riders. So The other thing that's deceiving is when, you, on paper, you look at the lap times and the guys winning MXD, like a Malkowitz, is not normally that far off or comparable to the guys winning MX2. But you know what it's like. Lap times on the track and then being in the same race are two completely different things. And would you think, and this is sort of just a hypothetical, if you put Duffy in the 250 class right now, do you, does he do better than Malkowitz? You see, this is where I think Duffy is one of those standout talents. Where I oh, think I think he beats I him think, for sure. I think Duffy would have a shot at honestly winning Wilson. MX2. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I don't say that lightly. I don't think anyone else I could think of recently is of MX2 would have a shot at that. I mean, MXD would have a. Well, I think if you would say Malkowitz won Manjum up, I think I'd spit out my drink, but. The if, fact that Duffy did it. Yeah, like it was it wasn't like, oh my god, it was kinda of like, oh wow, he won it, but you wasn't going that's completely out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for Malkowitz though, he had that, you know, his best rounds of the year. He wasn't he on the overall podium, so at Murray Bridge. So it's not like um No, he yes he was. He yeah, was. round so five, he was third, yeah. As much as we're shitting on him right now, um he it was super impressive, and and he like he said he was confident, and we were a little bit you know skeptical on how confident he was, but it obviously is right. It um he got a podium, yeah. So I don't mean that that's his the first circumstances podium. fell in his way to get that, but you have to be there. You got to be in it to win it. So you know it's not out of the question for him to get another podium. Uh, it's going to be tough, but if he can can keep can. can Sorry, keep that momentum going. See, I, I told you I'd start stuttering. But you don't say that. <laughs> um, he, he may get another podium this year. 
I think he's definitely capable of it. And I think that's the, the problem with when you know a rider has the potential, especially for Bailey after winning their championship. Interesting fact, like the whole DPH team was in America for the mid-season break. He was over with rider Di Francesco hanging out in Northern California. Um, he didn't do any of the AMA nationals or anything, but he was out there riding and I guess a change of scenery, right? Yeah, so uh, he, I don't know how long he's been back, but... He's been back a few. I haven't seen him. I was, I was expecting to see him at some of the tracks over the weekend, actually, but I didn't see him anywhere. Um, another one is, is Jai Dixon still hurt? Like yeah, Dixon's out. Um, so that, that's ninth position in the championship. Dixon was filling in for um So I've got, for an, I've got one. If this start is as long as Todd Wards is telling us, I've Osniak. got for a whole shot on the weekend. Yeah, but I had that picked at like Broadford too, and it didn't work. He was still up there on the start. Yeah, so. but not like I thought it would be. I don't know. The, the two-stroke thing, really, other than Appen, hasn't really worked out for him too so, well. I guess, but, well, in saying that, he was in contention for a podium at Wonthaggy before he shit the bed in the last moto. Yeah, yeah, that was true. I mean, that start, that surface, Santire, 252-stroke, it was so deep. It would definitely... I mean, he's not having a bad year, Poz, at all, and we had him on the in, show. Yeah, but 10th in points, he's not going to be happy with that. No, he's going to want more. Um, let's just put this out there. Poznak, if you don't get one whole shot on the weekend... It's a failure. Okay, if the start if the is start if is the start is what they say it is. Realistically, he he should be up there on every start, and if it is a long start, um, those two strokes really come into play. Um, after that, the privateers come into their own. We've got Latimer eleventh, Fogarty twelfth, Ferguson, Evans, Constantino, Pels, uh, the other Lockie Latimer, Joel Green, Caleb Barham, Marchand. Uh, Roberts, Burns, Brewster, Callahan. So, you know, that's where the privateers are at outside of the top 10. Um, some privateers inside the top 10, but a lot of factory support there for those guys as well. So that's pretty much MX2, guys. That will be the wrap on Modal MX2. And um, we're going to have to round this show up pretty soon because we're doing a daytime show right now. And um, i got to get to the gym in a minute. i got some gym sessions to take and uh, Bangor's going to go hit the night shift again. And uh, do what he's got to do. But uh, real quick, let's talk about MXD, Duran. Um, oh, no. I just clicked the wrong link. There we go. Um, Duffy yeah, leading the championship, and Duffy just won Manjimum. And at this point, can you really see anyone? You know, I know Purvis has got the speed, but Duffy pretty much in the driver's seat of this championship right now from Purvis. I think Duffy's going to win the championship, and I think the real contender to contention is going to be between Reese Bard and Purvis for second. so yeah. I mean, Purvis has been having these crazy inconsistent results. That's what and I mean. So, Bud, he's going to beat Bud uh, speed-wise straight up, I think. But whether Bud can beat him in the point standings by the end of the year with that consistency that he's shown. so I want to get Bud on the show soon because he's really impressed me this year. He works super hard and it's definitely paying off for him. Purvis, um, you know, a lot of speed and... Hopefully he can. I, th- I think he's going to get some more wins this season. But, I just uh, don't think he's really outgrown that. Um, last year he had that speed, but he also had the. Yeah, it's kind of stayed the same, hasn't it? He hasn't it? really yeah. made that step above. So uh, for him, it's got to be a little bit disappointing. But in saying that, it's only what seventeen points out. So uh, it's not like it's the end of the world. And, and no, really it's, good it's if there. Duffy falters, right. he, he is right there. Uh, Brody Ellis fourth. Ellis was in line for a podium at Murray Bridge. Didn't get it done, but uh, Ellis is definitely going to want a podium this second half of the season. At one point, we've got Mason Rowe fifth, Kuka sixth, 
WBIMR teammate to Ellis and uh, Purvis. Um, Kuka six, Ferguson seventh, Walker eighth. So Ferguson, you know, one of them hot rookies coming in. I would have expected a little bit more from him, but hopefully he figures it out. Uh, Walker eighth, Walshy ninth, Cosford tenth. So Mason Simmons, he's just been finding some form getting back you know, the last couple of rounds, but he had that big crash at Murray Bridge. But he raced on the weekend at the Vic titles and uh, he won all his races, won his championship at the state level here in Vic. So um, Simmons had that massive crash, got knocked out at Murray Bridge, but he's good by the look of it. He's back on the bike. so He'll be, a ch- uh, sorry, a podium guy. So For sure. Maybe not in the championship, up, but yeah. he'll he'll be there. So um, that's your MXD. Sorry for the Pirelli MXD guys, but we've run out of time. We don't really have any more to spare and um, we will see where the MXD guys end up. Um, at uh, round six coming this weekend at the MX Farm in Gympie. But right now, guys, that's going to put a wrap to episode number 10 of the Inside Dirt show. Like I said, we made it to the double digits. Um, we're going to be hitting you with some weekly content now. The series is back on track for the second half of the year. Um, really appreciate everyone's support with the DMs, with the with the shares. Um, you know, the numbers are going really well, a lot more than I really expected in this first year of doing the show. So, um Really can't thank you guys enough for that. So, hey, make sure you keep hitting me up. Hit Duran up, even though he claims he doesn't uh, do anything on Instagram. He'll be reading them too. And, um, you know, keep the love. If you don't like it, let us know. Share it out. Get some listeners for us. And um, we will be – this will be out tomorrow. So it's Monday right now, Tuesday morning. It will be out. You'll be able to listen to this. And um, we'll be hitting you with – um, hopefully I'll be doing some pre uh, post race interviews and getting them up Sunday night. So you guys will be able to download them Sunday night and listen to them on the podcast channel that you listen to right now. And then um, Tuesday next week, you'll be able to get the uh, review pod from uh, Gimpy. So that's a wrap guys. Thanks again for the support from uh, me, Joe Stevens and uh, Duran Banger Stapleton. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah.